The following resource is presented by the Counseling and Conference Services of IOM America. Welcome to Identity Matters Podcast. Hi, my name is Steve Finney and I will be your speaker today. Every believer needs to understand who they are in Christ in our new series, Identity Theft. We'll do just that. Help each believer truly know who they are in Christ. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to the Identity Matters Podcast. We're going to be talking about a crisis life worldview in such a way that's probably going to continue to challenge many of our listeners. I, I got to be perfectly blunt with you. I was expecting a lot of negative feedback on the past few messages that we have done, but I've been getting the opposite. I don't know if our podcast listeners are starting to catch on to the magnitude of our cultural crisis that we are in today, but I am blessed by the feedback that we are getting. So keep the emails coming, and I want to put my email address out there. It's D-R-P-H-I-N-N-E-Y at I-O-M. America.org. That's Dr. Finney at IOMAmerica.org. And of course, the number you can text us on is 602-292-2982. We are on 182 of the Identity Matters series, but within this series, we are doing a mini-series this mini-series is called, Oh My God, My Child is a Millennialist. And we have literally been disrobing the enemy and his tactics to try to manipulate and control mankind. Last week we talked about what these five demonic doctrines were and basically broke them down by using the definitions, the most common definitions that the world is using out there under these five categories. Humanism, logic, self-actualization, religious thought, and independent thinking. I believe these are the five primary demonic doctrines that exist in the world today. If you're interested in finding the details out for our description of each of those categories, you will have to log on to episode 181 to get those definitions. There are PDFs associated with these podcasts that actually give you the printed material of what we're talking about. We left off with discovering what the problem was with people who are embedded into humanism, people who use logic to understand God and the scriptures. 
When you use logic to understand God in the scriptures, there's one significant problem that begins to form. It's called theologians. When you have to study the word of God in order to understand God, you're going at it backwards. When you release God in you, who is Jesus Christ, and that mind of Christ is being released in you as you're praying, as you're reading the word, as you're preaching, as you're teaching, as you're going about your day, that sweet release that's taken place in you is your greatest venue of education. The Lord does not need a master's degree to be able to preach in church. The Lord does not need a doctorate degree in order to explain the doctrines of his Father to you in your mind. People who strive after education and logic to understand God are confessing a very, very simple point of sin. They are confessing that they do not hear the voice of the living God inside them which possibly is a confession that they are not indwelt by him. How can you hear the mind of Christ speak in your mind if the mind of Christ isn't in you? You see, that creates a huge crisis. Now what if out of all of humanity there is hundreds and thousands of millions of people who are claiming that they're Christians? But the indwelling Holy Spirit does not reside within their mortal bodies. Now think about that. That's a 602. If there are millions of people in the world today that actually believe they are Christians, and in order for those self-proclaimed Christians to understand God, there's only one method of madness available to them. What is it? That's correct. It's studying the theo. Theology. It's the study of theo. Theo means God. So they're studying what is available to them about God. It can be in the Bible, it could be in funky translations, it could be in commentaries, it could be out of some guru sitting under a tree taming snakes. It could be anyone who believes that they understand the Theo and they've got some kind of connection to the Theo. Now I want to respond to one of our listeners who became a writer and sent me an email. Here is the, the bent, the twist of people who study the Theo but have no Theo in them. It becomes a humanistic pursuit to discover the mind of God by what has already been said about God. Not coming directly from the source of God. 
Now I want to respond to my writer by telling you this. If you have to study God in order to understand God so that you can write about God, so that you can sound smart about God, so that you can be a professional and an expert at being an interpreter of the Word of God, you might think about whether you're saved or not. 602-292-2982. We do not need these five doctrines to know God. We don't need a human mind to figure out God. We don't need man's logic to say that's just illogical what that man said. And that was the only negative thing that I did receive, and that is some of your statements about God unfolding the word of God in your soul is illogical. Now, listeners, do you understand that? It is illogical. To know that the word of God came to dwell among us so that we could behold his glory. Then he paid the penalty of human stupidity. Then what he did is he he became resurrected in a brand new life. And that new life was given to us. First, we had to repent then we had to be indwelt by that very life, the life of Christ. Christ as life world view begins to happen. You have the word of God living and breathing inside you if you're indwelt by him. If you're not, you have to be as my friend and pursue knowledge of the holy through humanistic thought. And you will not resolve your final position until it's logical to you. And then the self-actualization is where these wonderful labels come from. I am a theologian with three doctorate degrees. I know the word of God. I pastor a large church or I work at a seminary. Whatever the claims may be is what comes out of this self-actualization. Therefore, that person who is a studier of Theo finds his identity in his studying the Theo. That's too much work for me, doctor. Way too much work. I would rather be an available vessel to have the Word of God explained in my mind as I'm working on His messages. And as that is unfolded in my mind and I can't type fast enough, I can't write fast enough because the Word's coming from within. It does not mean that I ignore the external Word. It means it will bear witness with it. So my question to you, doctor, is do you actually have a true doctor inside you to bear witness with the truth? Or is it one-sided? The other one was religious thought because that's what it ends up becoming. Everything is just religious thought if it's not thoughts coming from God put inside Jesus' mind. Jesus is put inside you. He speaks to your in 
dwelling mind. And then you speak out these truths. It's totally opposite of that. And what I just said to you is illogical. And then finally, independent thinking. That's how these people, whether you're someone that has one, three or four doctorates, or if you're someone that has zero education and you can't even read yet. What happens after you trying to figure out God is you end up being independent in your thinking. Independent thinking is a very nice way to say you believe you are your own God. I want to show you something in Galatians. This is Galatians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Galatians 4, 16 through 18. Here's what Paul said to these people. So I have become your enemy by telling you the truth. You know, when I even was looking at the, the cartoon that we put together for Jack's cover that you saw tonight, I was rethinking this whole thing on what happens in a human's mind when a Paul steps up on a step and he begins preaching the truth, the real deal, the good stuff, the, the illogical stuff. There was no books available for Paul to discover what others have said about God. It all took place from within. And he's preaching to these people. And the crisis of belief that takes place between this new group of believers that Paul is ministering to, and now this new group of believers is actually viewing Paul as their enemy for telling the truth. What happens to a mind that when you hear direct truth spoken in such a precise way, the way that Paul would preach, and this new believer or old believer standing there having this huge crisis of belief, and they can only turn on the only person they can see to turn on, and that is Paul becomes the enemy because he's preaching the truth. So I ask, what goes on in that humanistic mind that creates this battle to curse the very true-sayers of the living God? Which I believe, by the way, God does not take lightly. He goes on to say, they eagerly seek you, not commendably, but they wish to shut you out so that you will seek them. Who are these they? Paul is revealing to us here that there is a group coming after the Christians, after their conversion. And they're turning these new believers slowly toward them. Now here's the irony of this. Paul's the one that becomes the enemy, not the enemy. How is it that a human mind is turned so easily and quickly toward another group or another teacher 
when one of the most profound truth-sayers that ever lived and ever will live is preaching out this truth and he becomes the enemy because of truth. What happens to a human mind? Five demonic doctrines are the most appealing, lustful, self-obtainable deceptions known to mankind. So if someone is whispering in the ear of one of the listeners, Paul sound logical to you? No, he really doesn't. Does Paul sound like he really knows God like we do? The scribes would talk like this. And on and on and on. And pretty soon that freshly converted mind that needs renewal by the Holy Spirit through vessels like Paul are turning toward logic, human reason, self-actualizing. In other words, this should benefit you. You shouldn't have to sacrifice. Well, Paul goes on and finishes with, but it is good always to be eagerly sought in a commendable manner, and not only when I am present with you. One of Paul's greatest battles was, if you read Paul's writings, is the people turning on him. His own people. Now, if there was any I don't have to wish to follow Christ around because he lives inside me and I know exactly what it feels like to have Christ with me and breathing through me and speaking through me and tapping into the gifts the Father put in me. I know what that feels like, but if I was to go back and hang out with one guy, if I was given that privilege, it'd be Paul. He's a loudmouth truth-sayer that is willing to have his throat cut to get that verse out of his mouth. And that's what I want to do. I wouldn't want to go hang out with the beloved John. I mean, that'd be cool and all to get some true data on the book of Revelation. But it's Paul I'd want to hang with. Constantly on the run, ducking rocks. Being out on shipwrecks. Being beaten times without number. That's the kind of gospel I know that was bubbling out of Paul and the enemy despised his existence. And here's his own followers, so to speak, because some were followers of Apollos and some were followers of Paul. It does happen. People follow people. And they're being turned slowly back to human thought, logic, and the rest of the demonic doctrine. We need to talk about the diversity of the two trees. We've been talking very openly about these five demonic doctrines that are like ornaments hanging off the tree of knowledge. And that's how I want you to view them. So when you look at humanism, it's just, it's just draping off of the tree of knowledge. 
There is another tree that we have been blessed with, and that is the tree of what? Tree of life. Someone please tell me the difference between these two trees. That's the basic difference between the tree of life, tree of knowledge, is Zoe is light or life. And the reason why we use the tree of life and the little hole in the trunk of the tree as Jack leads people to this tree, they get sucked through this hole, which they have to almost be nothing to get through that passageway. That's why we use that illustration. It's all about life. Tree of knowledge, I want you to think about this and hang on to this parallel, is that as Jesus Christ is the passageway to the tree of life, knowledge is the passageway to Satanism. See, both trees have a savior and both trees have a pathway that you have to go through, walk on, to get there. You see, the road of knowledge is very wide and many are on it. The road to the tree of life is very narrow and very few are on it. Both have a savior. We have an anti-Christ and we have the real Christ. What you're going to find is they are mirrored image of each other. Everything that you can say about the tree of life, you can say about the tree of knowledge on the demonic side. On the tree of life side, you have knowledge for the fear of God is the beginning of knowledge of the holy. You see over here on the tree of knowledge and you have to come in contact with this savior this Satanist, this Antichrist, before you can go to hell with him. The goal is always spending eternity with where your Savior is. So it's either eternity with Jesus Christ, the real Christ, who is the passageway to the tree of life, or it is going through Satan to become a Satanist to spend eternity with him in the pit of hell. But you see, he doesn't want people to know where the final palace is for Satanists. He doesn't want you to know that. What he wants you to think is of all the pleasures and the things that are draping off the tree of knowledge. He doesn't even want you to know what he looks like. He does not want you to recognize him. For if you recognized him, you would deny him. Any fool would do it. So he doesn't want you to know what he looks like, what he sounds like, how evil he is, how dark he is. So here's what he does, guys. Jesus, with the tree of life, steps out front and says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. 
And no one is coming through this tree except by me. That's pretty clear, isn't it? It's the number one doctrine fought in religious thought. Number one. Well, of course it is. He's saying, I'm the door. Now over here, you've got this Satanist who's basically not shouting out, I am the only way, the only truth, the only life. He's not saying that. He's saying, you're the only way. You're the only truth. And what you define as truth, it's your life you need to be worried about. When you worship yourself, you worship Satan. Do you understand that? You just made a connection with your Savior of the world. So any of you who are under this crazy illusion that Satan is showing himself and telling you his 13 names and telling you all of his little tricks of the trade, telling you all his little deceptions, you are deceived. A deceiver doesn't show his cards. But Jesus does. Puts it right out front. And even though there is this unbelievable eternal power that is in the fullness of his Father's glory as he stands there, and I'm speaking of Jesus Christ, as he's standing there in front of the tree of life, fully God, fully empowered by God, has the ability to knock life out, bring it in, stretch it out, do anything that he is asked to do. And how many pick him over the Satanist? Because the Satanist is promising something that is absolutely irresistible and irreversible. And what is it? See, that's all it took. You can have what I have. I was bold enough to look at the Father and say, I want to rise up and have your job. And we know that didn't go over so well, did it? No discussion, no counseling, no dialogue, no knowledge exchange, no theo-proving. It was just simply get out. Not only that, the sovereignty of God had a handle on it because he already had a formless planet ready for him, the prison cells. You see, nothing surprised God. He literally walked out his own sovereignty. And so is Satan. Please give me a 602 on that. The tree of knowledge is deceptive because the enemy knows this little secret that I know, and so do you, is anyone who worships themselves worships Satan. 602. 292, 2982. You arrogant people that are constantly building your self-life, 
you have no clue who you're kissing in the morning and who you're sleeping with. Your arrogance is Satanism because that's one of Satan's 13 names. Be proud of that one. So here we have the diversity of the two trees. We just talked about the ideologies of Satan, the humanism, logic, self-actualization, religious thought, and independent thinking. Now here's the five life truths of Christ. We have creationism, faith, Christ actualization in the indwelt, and then Christ thoughts in the indwelt, and then dependent thinking. I can't depend upon my own thoughts because my own thoughts are wicked in their foundation. I must depend upon the thoughts of Christ. Now here's our problem. These five ideologies of demonic doctrine not only don't work in humanity, here's what God says about them. Psalms 94.11 says, The Lord knows the thoughts of man, that they are mere breath. Now, a whole lifespan, if you get 40 years out of that, or you get a double lifespan, that's 80 years. If you get 80 years, you get two breaths. If you get the 40 years, which is a biblical generation, you get one breath in God's nostril. Now, how many thoughts have you had in that lifetime that one breath that you think is significant enough that you gain God's attention. Now, any of our listeners in some of the foreign countries that we have to deal with that are definitely prosperity preachers where you're naming it and claiming it and stabbing it and slabbing it and selling it and recycling it for Jesus because he wants you wealthy, because you picked out about five verses that talked about promised wealth. You're one of these. This is not what God has promised. What God has promised is his life. To all those who come unto him through his son, standing in front of that tree of life, So God knows every thought, even before you think it. Now how's that for order? Isaiah 55, 8 says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. He's separating us from humanism and human logic. He's separating us from our self-God stuff and our religious ideas about God and our independence. Isaiah 65, 2 says, I've spread out my hands all day long to a rebellious people who walk in the way which is not good, following their own thoughts. Intellectualism is Satanism. How does Dr. Satan embed his demonic doctrines of reason into the minds of children is a great question. And we need to start 
looking at the details of how children are strongly affected by knowledge. In this diagram, and again, if you need to download the PDF that comes with this audio podcast, please do so. This is a helpful diagram for you to see the primary things that are draping from the tree of knowledge. Psalms 10.4 says, The wicked in the haughtiness of his continence does not seek him. That him is a capital H. It is does not seek God. All his thoughts are, there is no God. Now that's the end conclusion, the logical conclusion that Satan wants mankind to come to. There is no God. I am my own God. This is part A. You've been listening to Identity Matters Podcast. We appreciate having you join us today. Feel free to log on to our website at www.iomamerica.org. We have lots of resources available for you on the believer's identity in Christ. Again, thank you for joining us.